All right, as if, you're, if you are new, we are in a series, our Advent Christmas series called Songs of the Savior. And I love the way we break this down. Uh, we take about four to five weeks leading all the way up to Christmas to just casually walk through the story of Christmas, to look at a few different perspectives and experiences that those around the birth of Christ had. And today we're going to be looking at the shepherds and their experience and how their experience speaks to us today and has relevance for us. Let's look at the story. I decided to read the entire story, okay? It's Luke 2, verse 8 through 20. And you can follow along on the screen if you don't have your Bible in hand. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly excuse me, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. Would you pray with me today over this word? God, we thank you so much. Thank you for how you work, how you do things, how you create, and how you bring things into play, how you work behind the scenes when we don't know it, and when you do certain things, it's hard for us to explain how it happened. Nonetheless, you're involved in all of it. So today... Let our hearts leap. Let our hearts be filled with wonder, with awe, with amazement, and with joy as we look at the story of these shepherds. Let it speak to our lives today. Let it radiate within us. May we leave here with a greater sense of who you are and the purpose for which you created us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going to show a short video to set this up today. Let's watch. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Oh, come, all ye. Come on. Where are your hearts, men? We can't give up. What's the use? They think we're crazy. Yes, 
I see it, but it doesn't negate what we know and what we've seen. Maybe we didn't see what we thought we saw. Leo's right. The more that we talk about it, more people ask questions. It sounds unbelievable, even as words come out of our own mouths. So let me get this straight. What we experienced on that hill was just a mistake, an apparition, huh? Nonsense. What we saw was a fulfilled prophecy right under our noses, men. It would take more faith to imagine that we were all suffering from sleep deprivation or we all ate the same bad pot of stew than to just believe. We know what we've seen. We know what we've heard. God came near, men. Do not be afraid. That's what the angel said. That's what the bright light said. You know it. You can't forget about it. Do not be afraid. That's the story that we've been saying over and over for days. There has been weeks. If you put us in four different rooms and you interrogate us, we all have the same story. An interrogation is exactly what's going to happen to us if Herod gets wind of this. Herod has killed for lesser things. Y'all remember when we ran to the barn? When we ran to that barn and we saw the baby, the Messiah, the story that we've been hearing about since we were children, the story that our great-great-grandparents passed down to us, didn't we know? When we saw that baby, didn't we catch an inkling of what, of what our mission was supposed to be? We are not just mere sheep herders. We get to tell the story, gentlemen, to repeat that a savior, that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem, the joyous announcement that is for everyone. Glory to God in heaven and peace on earth to all who believe. I believe, I cannot help but believe. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye Come ye to Bethlehem. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Have you ever had an experience in your life where you just could not wait to share that with somebody else? 
whether it be in person, on the phone call, in a text. Certainly, it's a lot easier to do that with social media these days. We, we can easily upload a photo or a video or some words we can put together to describe an event, an experience that we all have had. We all kind of want to do that in life. We all want others to see certain things through our eyes, the good, and sometimes we want to talk about some of the negative things in life because we want others to realize we're hurting, we're struggling. But we all have experiences that we want to share with other people. These shepherds found themselves in a similar position that night. They were wondering what in the world just happened. Here they were doing their thing as shepherds do, out in the flocks, caring for those that were under their care, doing what they were supposed to do, living among the sheep, and then everything changed. An angel pops out of the sky. An angel pops out of the sky, and then everything changes. And they were standing there wondering and talking amongst themselves, perhaps, what did we just hear? What did we just see? What did we just experience? Was this even real? Was, what, what was going on? And then they realized, well, this was an angel. I mean, it's not every day that that happens. But an angel spoke to us. An angel of God showed up and gave us an indication and an invitation and a command. You need to go see this thing. You need to make sure you go. And here's the sign that you will see a a baby wrapped snugly in cloths, in strips of clothes, lying in a manger, not, not in a bed, not in the hotel, not in a doctor's office, not in a hospital, but lying in a manger. That will be the sign for you. And so what did they do? They went. And what was their reaction? What was their response to what they saw in the manger? Where they, they were obviously pretty excited The description in Luke that Luke gives, gives a pretty descriptive note of their their countenance. They They were enthusiastic. You ever been around some people who were just a little over the top enthusiast? I mean, just a little bit too much for your taste, and you're just like, sit down. They were probably pretty hyped up. They were hyped up. And so they leapt into action. They spread the word about what they had seen about this Jesus because this was not just the ordinary, any ordinary child. The angel described and the angel told them this was the Messiah that was born this day. You got to remember, they had been waiting. Generations had been waiting for over 400 years. Silence. Periods of darkness. A time where... There was no prophecy given. A time when God's word was silent. They had been waiting and wondering, when would God, our Lord, send the Messiah? He said he would do it. 700 years prior to this time, Isaiah prophesied that this would happen. And right here, the angels use one of his statements, the sign. You will find the baby wrapped in snugly cloths right there in a manger. And so they begin to tell everybody. They begin to share things. And, everybody, and it says that everybody who heard what they had to say were amazed. 
I mean, think about it. You want to tell somebody about your cool experience and what kind of reaction are you hoping, expecting to get from them? The same that you experienced, right? You want them just to be as enthusiastic about it as you were. And if not, you just want to slap them across the face and be like, get with the program, bro. This happened. Why? You want them to experience it as if they were there with you. And that's what was going on. They were telling the story. They were talking about the angel. They were talking about what they saw, this child in the manger, the Messiah. And it was just as they had been told. Exactly. And so then they go back to their responsibilities. They go back home to their flock. They go back out to what they were called to do. And then it didn't stop there. Not only were they hyped up at the moment, but then they go back to their environment, so to speak, back around what they normally would do, and they continue to talk about it. They continue to share this good news that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, had been born. Think about it. If the Messiah had not been born then, and let's say the Messiah had not been born yet for us today, think about how lonely how dark, how cold, how hopeless some of us could feel. And now granted, people still feel hopeless. There are people in our world who still feel dark and cold and distant. And Jesus came to save such as these, to save you and I. But he was born, and they could not stop giving God the glory for choosing to include them in that moment. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You ever been used by God in something, whether it's where a lot of people knew about it or where just one or two people knew about it, but you knew God used you in that moment? How did that make you feel? Man, it just should, it makes you feel like this is pretty, this is awesome. This is cool. That God, you, you used me to help somebody in a different way. And that's where they were. They were giving God the props. They were giving him the glory because he chose to include them in this story. They were outcasts. They were the low riders. They were the ones that, man, they were dirty. They were, they were, they were smelly. I mean, they, that's what they did. They hung out in the fields. They slept in the cold. They guarded their sheep. They watched over them. They didn't have a role in society like some of the others did who were, no, who were the upper echelon, if you will. And here God chose to include them in this story. God called to them and they responded. And that's what we're going to look at today. The title of today's message is called When God Calls. The story of these shepherds shed some light on how when God calls, things happen. And their story shows us a few things. Let's look at the first one. When God calls, we stand up. When God calls, we stand up. Luke 2.10 out of the text says, The angel said to them, the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy For all the people. I bring you good news that will cause everybody 
to get excited. That is some stand-up news. Some of us older folks might remember this. You ever been diagnosed with the common disorder, selective hearing? Don't point to anybody in here. (laughs) I want to start no world wars here today. But yeah, selective hearing. I think we probably all have had that or have that. Some of us still may have some lingering effects of selective hearing in our in our time. I remember often growing up, man, I did not ever hear when my folks would tell me, go clean your room, uh, go, do, do your homework, uh, go feed the dog, or take out the trash. It usually had several of those statements multiple times before I, it got my attention. But I always heard, it's time to eat. <laughs> right? Always heard, I got your food ready. Right? It's amazing the selective hearing that we all struggle with. You know, hearing is simply perceiving sound, but listening goes much deeper. Listening requires paying attention in order to understand so that you can respond. We all hear sounds. We all hear of the good news. We all hear about God, but we don't all listen when He speaks. We don't all pay attention in order to respond. But the shepherds did. They did not struggle with selective hearing that night. They listened. They responded. There's a lot of examples throughout the story of Scripture, throughout the history of Scripture, that talk about listening when God calls. Moses, with the burning bush, always comes to mind. The little boy prophet, before he was prophet, he was a little boy training in the temple. He was asleep and he heard an audible voice, God speaking to him. David heard through the prophet Samuel when Samuel became older. He prophesied to David. David heard the word of God. David listened. Jeremiah directly heard from the voice of God. Mary, certainly through the angel. Saul, before he was, as he was converted to Paul, heard from Jesus directly from heaven. There's a little more common one here. Matthew. I haven't really thought about this one before until this story. But Matthew, the one who wrote the gospel, the first gospel that's included in the New Testament. In Matthew 9, 9, it says that Jesus saw a man named Matthew. He was sitting at the tax collector's booth because that's what he was, a tax collector. Jesus said, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. Matthew, a tax collector, often looked at as a traitor, someone who was likely hated by many in his society for the profession that he had. But Matthew that day listened to the voice of Jesus. He responded and he made a choice to follow him. Think about that. Matthew didn't just hear the word or the voice of Jesus, but he listened to it. And he responded. And as a result, it changed the course of Matthew's life. He became one of the 12 original disciples and wrote his, his letter. His, his work was written and included as the very first breakening, the opening of the New Testament. He had no idea. But when he listened, 
when God called, he responded. I want to encourage you today, whatever situation that you find yourself in today, whatever the challenges that you may find yourself facing, I want to ask all of us to do this, to take the time in this season. That's why we intentionally take four or five weeks leading up to Christmas to give ourselves opportunity to listen to what God is saying, to not just have ears, but to have ears that listen to the voice of God, to not just hear it, but to be in a place to respond to what he has to say. Because here it is, God is calling you. God is calling me. God is calling every single one of us today. And are you following him? Are you following Jesus with your life? Are you truly following him with your heart, soul, mind, and strength? If you're not, today you can. You can start today and or you can begin again in a fresh way today. We would be happy to help pray with you in that. Number two, the shepherd's story. They show us this, that when God calls, we saddle up. When God calls, we saddle up. Luke 2, 15 and 16. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They said, let's go, and they went. Saddle up. I know it's not something we probably generally would say in our day and time. It's probably something you've heard if you ever watched any old Western TV shows or movies. Sell up, boys, you know, or whatever. And also maybe you might have heard your parents say it on a, getting ready for a road trip, but the, the, the meaning is still the same. It means let's go. Let's go. It's time to ride. Let's do this thing. Let's go. And so that's where they found themselves, at a place of wanting to follow what the angels had told them about. It was time to saddle up. There's a song from the 1900s. Anybody remember the 1900s? Most of us were born in the 1900s. There's quite a few who were not born in the 1900s. But let me tell you a story. Let me share with you an experience from the 1900s. It was just in the 1990s. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> the 1990s. And he's still around this today. He's a Christian recording artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. You guys know him? Anybody fans of Stephen Curtis Chapman somewhat? Anybody ever heard of Stephen Curtis? Come on, let me, let me throw your hands in the A. Okay. There's a song called The Great Adventure that came out when I was in high school. And there's a verse, one of my all-time favorite parts of this song is this verse here. I'm not singing it. I'm just going to read it. Okay, okay. <laughs> said, I opened up the Bible and I read about me. Said, I've been a prisoner and God's grace has set me free. Somewhere between the pages, it hit me like a lightning bolt. I saw a big frontier in front of me and I heard somebody say, Let's go. Saddle up your horses. We got a trail to blaze, right? And I was waiting for some of you 
Curtis Chapman fans to really belt that part out, but you were a little silent on me. You, you backed out, you backed down on me. Okay, I get it, I get it. But that, that opening, that, or that, that lyric always grabs my heart, always gets me. But it opened up my eyes. I remember that song when it came out, and, I, and obviously it's still a part of me today from the way back in the 1900s. Still has a powerful effect on this old person. And uh, that God thought of me so long ago. And he knew what I needed to hear. Just like you. Just like this world. God is speaking to you. God is calling you. I know some, you may feel trapped. Some of you may feel like you can't get out of some of the ruts of life that you're in. And it just seems like no matter what you do, how fast you spin, the deeper you go. It's like your tires are stuck in mud and you can't get out. But I want to encourage you today. I want you to know God is calling out to you today. And he's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. He, he's got amazing things set up for you. And the thing is, you'll never know what it's like until you just choose to saddle up and go. Until you just say, okay, God, I don't know where you want to take me. I don't know all the things you got for me. I don't have, I don't, I don't have it all figured out. I'm just trying to get through church right now, waiting to get out of here to eat or whatever it may be. But I want to tell you, when, 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 when you know God is speaking and your heart is pumping and you can feel it in your veins and you know, man... Something's about to change. That's the Holy Spirit. That is Jesus talking to you. That is God coming near you today, putting his arm around you and saying, I've got you. Come on, let's saddle up. Let's ride. Let's do this thing. Let's go for it. And I want to tell you, man, you, you just need to give into it. Just give into it. And when you give into it, get ready for the ride of your life. Get ready for the ride of your life. God speaks. God calls, and it's time to saddle up. Number three, this story, the shepherds. When God calls, we stand up, we saddle up, and lastly, when God calls, we speak up. We speak up. Luke 2, 17, 18. When the shepherds had seen him, they spread the word. When they had seen Jesus, the baby, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These shepherds did not just simply stop at having an experience on their own and keeping it to themselves. They were afforded that opportunity. God gave them that chance they responded and they went. They hurried and went. But then they didn't keep it to themselves. They were compelled. They were compelled. They wanted others. They wanted the world around them. They wanted their peers, all their friends. They wanted the, the social people of the day. They wanted people to know that this Jesus, this Messiah had been born. And they wanted everybody to hear. And the thing about it was... People were amazed. People were amazed at what had happened. 
When's the last time, and I'm asking this rhetorically for all of us, when's the last time we told somebody about Jesus and they were amazed? Come on. We all get locked in, tunnel vision on our life, our thing, and a lot of times we we forget about people around us people in our path. And sometimes it may not be a big deal to us, what we think is not a big deal. But man, the person on the receiving end changes their whole life. To be kind to somebody in a, in a, in a, in a world that is full of buttholes. <laughs> we shouldn't be buttholes, right? I know I can be one sometimes. Sometimes, plural. We're called to share something kind. We're called to share something good. Amen? Come on, in, 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 in God's kindness, when we were still sinners, Christ still died for us, is what Romans tells us. Think about it. When we were still stuck in our sin, Christ Jesus came and still died. For us. Why? Because he's the only one who can get us out of it. He's the only one that can forgive. He's the only one that can redeem. He's the only one that can restore. He's the only one that can deliver. And I know I'm praying for a lot of folks on our prayer list. A lot of us as leaders in this church are praying for you and your families, your households and loved ones and friends. And the list just seems to keep getting longer. But I want to tell you that, listen, God is not finished. God is not finished with you. God will never get tired of chasing you. God will never get tired of calling your name. God will never get tired of hearing people pray on your behalf. And He will never get tired of hearing your own prayers. Because just at the right time, I just believe by these stories that God will come through. God will come through. There's a story I often refer to in the New Testament in Acts. It's not, I'm not reading it today. I'm just going to share a minute about it. But I've talked about this before. But the early church, great things were happening. So many people were giving their lives to Jesus. And then wouldn't you know it? Crazy stuff starts to happen. The church experienced a wave of persecution. What'd the church do? Close its doors, put a sign on it. We'll be back someday. Gone to lunch, don't know when I'll come back. We're done. Now, what did the church do? Said the church actually scattered and actually shared that good news wherever they went, wherever they went. And there was this one example that Acts chapter 8 talks about, this guy named Philip. Philip goes to this town called Samaria, and he begins to just preach and tell people about Jesus. And it goes on to tell us that a whole lot of people heard what he had to say. And a whole lot of people felt what he said. 
said people not only gave their lives to Jesus, but many people were healed. Many people were set free and delivered. People who had evil spirits, people who were paralyzed, people who were lame. And it said a lot of joy came to that city. Man, a whole lot of joy came to that city. In fact, he even encountered this one man named Simon. He was a sorcerer. Made his money that way. Black magic. Simon saw and heard what Philip was talking about. He gave his life to the Lord and began following Philip all around. Wherever Philip went, there was Simon. Used to be sorcerer. You see, good things happen when believers share good things. I want you to think about people in your own life. And I know sometimes those who are most closest to us sometimes is is the hardest to share truth with. But just think about life all around. People you live with, people you work with, people you live nearby, people you don't even know that you encounter on a daily day on a day-to-day basis. They just need good news. They need to know that they're not forgotten. They need to know that there's still a plan. They need to know that God is still for them and not against them. They need to know that Jesus does love them, that Jesus came, died for them, rose from the grave for them, and has the power to set their life free. Good news. Philip went on to do that, went on to share the good news. In fact, Philip baptized the treasurer of Ethiopia on this journey. The treasurer of Ethiopia. I mean, how, how uncommon is that? That's crazy. Philip a nobody, name mentioned here, but he didn't have the titles. He was not, not the apostles. But he went around just telling people the good news of Jesus, and it led him to a place to be able to baptize the treasurer of Ethiopia. That'd be kind of neat. Just happened to be there? Sure, I'll baptize you, treasurer of Ethiopia. You never know when you just say yes and you do what God wants you to do. I got to level with you. Sometimes saying yes to God can be monotonous. It doesn't look real sexy sometimes. doesn't sell a lot of tickets unless you're Maverick City or Brandon Lake. You can write songs in your sleep. It's crazy gifted people. But man, sharing the good news the way you were created. The way God made you. We're not called to try to be like anybody else. God squared it up and tailored you, outfitted you, made you the way you are. And he loves you just the way you are. And he wants to use your life. He wants to flow through you. He wants to give hope to a hopeless world through you. He wants to use your skill. He wants to use your talent. He wants to use your personality to help bring healing into people's lives. So I don't want you to think, man, I got to have a title. 
I got to have a position. Or I got to pray more. And you just simply, when God calls, you just follow through with it. You just follow through with it. And that's what these shepherds did. Luke 2.20, close out. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They praised God, glorified God for what they heard, what they seen, and what they had been told. What about you? What have you heard from God? What have you seen in God? What have you been told by God? What has Jesus done for you? We're called to join these shepherds just like they were on that long ago starry night that when God calls, we need to hear Him, listen to Him, move with Him, walk with Him, share the good news. This Christmas, may we not only be grateful receivers, but may we be generous givers of the good news of Christ Jesus. Because you all have it in your heart. If you're a believer in Christ, you have the good news. Well, I'm going to invite you to stand with me if you're able. We're going to close out. With a song that we sang to end our worship set, Worthy of It All. And as we do that today, I want to encourage you. And I'd like to extend an invitation to you. That if you know, you know God's been calling you, but you've been trying to ignore him. You know, you get phone calls on your smartphones and you can see who it is. All you got to do is hit a button and it'll stop ringing. And it'll send them to voicemail if you have one. Why? Because you just don't want to talk. Or you can't, for whatever reason. I beg you today, don't hit, hit the ignore button on God today. He's speaking to you to surrender your life to Him. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Give it all to Him. We want to meet you down front and pray with you as we sing this song. And if not, may we all have the courage and the conviction to share the good news of Christ this season. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for loving us in spite of ourselves. And today, Lord, wherever we may find ourselves, close to you or far from you today, you're calling. You're calling the distant ones to come close. You're calling the near ones to stay connected, to continue to fight the good fight and to run the race. Lord, may we listen today and respond. May we not ignore you. But may we hear you, and may we come to you, and may we follow through with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's.